Let's go to the Lord in prayer and lift these things as I lift them. Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. and Lord, we thank you that uh, we as your children uh, don't have to come with fancy words and, and uh, wonderful phrases. and We can just cry out to you in, in our pain and our sorrow and our need and you hear us. Because, Lord, you hear our heart. Sometimes we pray empty words and phrases and we don't even sometimes remember what we prayed. Or So, Father, forgive us for that kind of uh, attitude towards prayer. And Lord, help us just to talk to you. Just to talk to our daddy. Father, I, th I pray and, and lift to you these, these needs and for Melanie. Uh, healing for her and for Andrew, that you would heal him. For Dad and his healing and for Barbara's hip and her healing. Lord, just work a miracle there for her. We pray for Amelia's Uncle Billy. And he's going through these tests and he's sick. Just comfort him and uh, direct the uh, uh, physicians. We pray... Uh, also for Sue McCormick and, and her daughter Linda, that they would get stronger. And uh, Father, we pray for Betty Blakeney and her adjustment there in this new place. For, for Ronnie's brother, for healing for him. And uh, for also, Lord, we lift up Paul and Sarah. And uh, particularly, Lord, we lift up little Ezekiel. Lord, times like these, we, we cannot uh, say why or what good is to, to come from this. Or, but Lord, we know you're in charge and that you're working all things together. And so, Father, I would pray that they would find great comfort in you through this time. And we do lift uh, these twin boys to you for uh, strength and, and uh, just encourage Paul and Sarah. For they need you, Lord, in a special way at this time. Minister to them, O oh Lord, by your spirit and by your power. Minister to each one of us now as we look into your word. We uh, Help us to be faithful in studying it and reading it on our own. To hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. And bless our nation, O oh Lord, and those who would do it harm. And I'd be with our military and those that serve. And we just praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, in the book of Romans, we will um, continue. And last week, we uh, looked in, in uh, Romans 15. And we looked at particularly at verse... 13, where it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And uh, we need to be trusting Christ for joy and peace. Amen. And I hope you are doing that. I hope you're looking to Christ for your joy and peace, that your hope is in Him, that your hope, if it's in anything else, uh, you will not have joy and peace like the scriptures teach. And so we looked at that last week. And 
But if you believe that God has made you unconditionally, uh, completely, totally, eternally, and perfectly acceptable in His sight, that He looks at you and sees one whose sins have been washed away in the blood of Christ. If you believe that the Holy Spirit, I believe, will work in your heart to produce and fill you with joy and peace. In believing, this is what he says, in believing, in believing. The work of the believer we talked about was to believe. That's the work that we're to do. Uh, Jesus did enough. He paid it all, and all to him I owe as we sing. And uh, our hearts just need to be filled with his love and his joy over us. Because he says to me, without hesitation, uh, when uh, I, I think upon this, Sid, you are completely acceptable and loved. Completely acceptable and loved. He accepts me perfectly. And I can't understand that because I don't do that to anybody very well. And I fail at that. But he accepts us. Here's a verse in Zephaniah. I, didn't, I shared this. Uh, didn't share it, but it, I saw it this week in, in preparation. It's just wonderful verse. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. I want that just to sink in that if you're his child, he rejoices over you. He's in heaven right now rejoicing over you. Let the sink in. I mean, just be washed with his love. Just be uh, moved by that love. Also, we see in the Song of Solomon, he has brought me to his banquet hall and his banner over me is love. I hope you see that about yourself. His banner over you is, is love. You know... He knows my sin every day. He knows my failures every day. My stingy heart, He knows. My lack of faith every day. My selfishness every day. My prayerlessness every day. He knows all these things, and yet He loves me perfectly and accepts me totally. Now that's a good God. And that's the God that we serve. And... Uh, uh, it's not because I promise to do or be better tomorrow. It's because Jesus has made me right with God forever. Forever. He has made me right with Him forever. I will never have to worry about falling away or distrusting Him forever. Jesus is our hope now. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Wonderful song, and it's true. This morning I want to look at two goals of Paul, and uh, should be our goals as well. Paul's offering uh, uh, to God of holy people. Let's read, if uh, you'll follow along, in Romans 15, beginning with verse 14 through 18. 
He says, And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. But I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have reason for boasting in the things pertaining to God. I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed. And so Paul says a mouthful here, and I'll try to uh, look at several things here, several of the goals that he talks about. First one is found in verse 17, that uh, his boast is in Christ Jesus, and our boast should be in him. Uh, concerning the things that I am doing for God, as he uses me, he gets all the glory. There's nothing more sinful to me than boasting about yourself. And... Uh, uh, how great thou art, meaning myself. Because uh, it is crucial to see that Paul and we are boasting in him. We are boasting in him. Second uh, Corinthians 10.17 But he who boasts is to boast in the Lord. Amen. Galatians uh, 6.14 But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And a verse we've already seen, uh, Romans 3, 27, for, the, for where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law of works? No, but by law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. His boasting was and is uh, in Christ, and ours should be as well. It is not about me or you. Uh, all that I have, all that I am, all that I want is in Christ Jesus. And you've got to see that. That's imperative that you understand that. Because if not, you're going to keep trying to please him, trying to please him, doing this, that, and, that, and you're going to fail, and then you're going to get... Uh, 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 say I'm sorry and then you're going to try it again and you're going to fail and you're going to try again and you're going to fail and then after a while you just stop trying but if you see that it's in Christ that you're in him that he accepts you and loves you you can have joy and peace which is looking back to last week but it's true because I've experienced that in my own life experienced that in the hospital uh, I, I was filled with, with such joy and peace because uh, uh, I realized that joy and peace was coming uh, because I was trusting in Christ and Him alone. That's why I had joy and peace. In Isaiah 26, 3, Thou will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because He trusts in you. I realized I was trusting and all this is about believing. All of this is about trusting. And uh, uh, we have a, a great God 
Second, second reason we need to, to stress in Christ is because God graciously works through uh, people. So our prosperity that we have in serving God is owing to God alone. Boy, if we could just see that. It's not me. It's not my cleverness. It's not my fancy words. It's, no, it's Christ. It's all about Him. And I want you to understand that. That it's about Him and that you would fix your eyes. Don't fix your eyes on me, please. Because I'll fail you. Christ will never fail you. That's His promise. If you fix your eyes on your spouse or your friend or anything else, you're going to be greatly disappointed. No, we owe it all to Him. He gets the glory for what is accomplished. Did you see that in verse 18 of Romans 15? He said, he says, I, won't boast, I will not speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. But Christ has accomplished it. See, I didn't accomplish it. Christ accomplished it through. You know, it's just, a, it's just amazing that God would use great sinners like me. The foolishness of preaching uh, to do his work. I mean, that's just amazing. But it's him. He, he gets all the glory. Uh, uh, my work for God has become Christ's work. Christ is working for me, in me, and through me. I've shown this verse many times, but this is, this is so powerful. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Hallelujah. He gets the glory. That there's change in your life if you all of a sudden go, well, I don't have a problem with that anymore. I must have done something good. No. No. You're trusting more. You're looking to Christ more. You're finding faith in Him more. You're realizing that in your flesh dwells no good thing. And on and on we can go. And then he says, another goal of Paul is found in verse 16. That's, this is the second thing and, and, uh, that I want to talk about. And uh, it says there that to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest of the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, sanctified by uh, the Holy Spirit. Here, I think Paul's goal is to bring uh, the Gentiles uh, sanctified to God. And that's my desire for y'all, that you would be sanctified. We're going we're to look this morning at what that means. Kevin spoke on it somewhat, uh, but uh, we've been changed by the gospel. And are you being changed by the gospel? And I think when Paul says in verse 18, uh, to bring the Gentiles to obedience, he's talking about sanctification there. In other words, Paul wants to see our lives changed by the power of believing the gospel so that we might be useful to God. Because you're not going to be useful to God if you're trusting in anything that you have done or desire to do uh, or anything. It's all, it's all. Uh, speaking of the same thing here. Verse 16 and 18. 
that people would be conformed to the will of God, a people conformed to the holiness of God. You know, as a pastor, and I, and I don't see how anybody could be a pastor, a preacher, anything, if, it was, if they were not thrilled to see the gospel working in somebody else's life. That's the most thrilling thing for me. Now, I don't know if you realize it, but when Kevin came up this morning, he was uh, choked up. That thrilled my heart. Matter of fact, my, te- my eyes started tearing up because I am thrilled that he is thrilled with the gospel. You see what I'm saying? And when I see the power of the gospel working in somebody's life and you come up to me and said, guess what God's done for me? Don't be surprised if I don't start crying because it thrills me to see what God is doing in people's lives because he's powerful to do that. We should be thrilled and be choked up. Matter of fact, I think Paul was, if you see in verse uh, 14, he says, and concerning you, my brethren, I, and it's interesting, he says, uh, I myself am convinced In the Greek here, he uses the pronoun I uh, because in the Greek you can have a verb like akuo and by itself means I hear. But you can put ego in front of it and it it says I, I hear. And so this is what Paul is saying here. He's saying I, I myself am convinced. In other words, he's thrilled. He is thrilled with what God is doing in their lives. Notice that. They're full of goodness, filled with knowledge, able to admonish one another. I want you to admonish me if I need admonishing. I mean, when I first started coming here, David admonished me about something, and I needed to be admonished about that. But how you take that, you see, shows a whole lot about uh, who you are in Christ. If you can't take admonishment, there's something wrong. We need to be admonished. And so, uh, he, he's boasting in Christ Jesus that his work has been fruitful. And he says, I have a reason to boast in Christ. Now, it's interesting. Uh, he talks here about being, uh, offering the Gentiles uh, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about sanctification this morning. The Greek word is uh, hagios. It even kind of sounds like holy, but you, you memorize Greek that way by, by uh, doing that sort of thing. It, 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 uh, uh, hagiadzo is the, is the verb form of that, but he wants us to be sanctified. And, th- and the word sanctification comes from two Latin words. Sanctus, which means holy, and vacare, which means to make. And so when you put those two together, it means to make holy. God wants you to have a holy life, sanctified, separated unto God. This is what Paul is telling them here. And this is what he's excited about because he sees this. And you know what? I see it in this church. And I am thrilled. I am thrilled. And, uh, and I'm looking for God to do even greater things, even in my own life, because certainly 
uh, I need to be uh, more and more like Christ in my own life. So, uh, we see then sanctification is the process by which God is making us holy. That is, obedient to His will through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is hugely important. It's that big a deal. And, uh, you know, really sanctification is telling the truth about something. It's being honest about something. When somebody comes uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit has touched them and they come up to you and say, forgive me because I hurt you. That's sanctification. To be able to do that in love and say, Dear sister or brother, I offended you by what I said. Forgive me. See, that's sanctification. That is the Spirit of God working in us, uh, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That that which pleases Him. You see, He is working in us to to do that. And uh, uh, gossip. You know, when when people gossip, uh, it may be that the Spirit of God says, You know what? I've been gossiping. Forgive me. God, change me. Make me like Christ. Purify me. Come, Holy Spirit, by your power. Change. You know what? That's a dangerous prayer because he'll do it. He's done it in my life in, in, uh, in several different ways. Husband and wives. Oh, here we go. We can get on each other's back. We can hurt each other. But when God comes to you and says that you have hurt your mate and you go to them and say, forgive me. That's huge. That's sanctification. That's God working in you uh, to do that. Uh, God breaking your heart over what you have done. We would want to be like Christ. And there are many, many examples of God doing this. Uh, You know, Ronald Reagan, in 1980, asked this question. And he probably won the election with this question. You remember, anybody know what that question was? He says, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And I think he probably won the White House asking that question because everybody knew they weren't. (laughs) Double-digit inflation and what have you. And let me ask you this question. Not are you better off, but are you better than you were four years ago? When you look at your life, are you closer to Christ than you were four years ago? Are you more like Him? Are you more consecrated to Him? Are you more heavenly minded? Or are we so earthly minded we're no heavenly good? Are you more interested in the things of Christ than you were four years ago? How is your prayer life compared to four years ago? My feet are hurting. Are you more interested in God's word 
than you were four years ago. Simply put, are you growing in grace? Not are you more uh, saved. That's not what I'm asking. Because you're completely saved if you're trusting Christ. You're complete in him. You're perfect. You cannot become more justified. Philippians 3.9 And may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of what? Faith. Faith. I'm complete in him by trust, by belief, by acceptance of him, by by, uh, all that he has done in believing that. But you can be more holy. You know what? In this congregation... There are some who are more holy than others. I hate to tell you that, and it ain't me, I know. But (laughs) there are. I think one of them is now in Chicago. Dear saint of God. And, you know, we miss her greatly. We can be more holy We can be more like Christ. You know, none of us like a person who is more holier than thou in attitude. Does that kind of drag great you? And you've met those kind of people who just act like they're more holy than everybody else? We don't like that. But it is a fact that there are people who are more holy than others. There are two different levels of Uh, holiness. Uh, Or there are different levels of holiness among us. Sanctification, growth, spiritual growth, growing in grace, growing in sanctification. But grow, see? Have you arrived yet? Are you there yet? Absolutely not. But grow, Peter says, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. To Him be the glory, both now and in the day of eternity, he says. He says, grow, 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 grow. Are you better than you were four years ago? Just using that Ronald... Reagan expression, but are we? You know, there's nothing more precious than a little baby. And I love to hold a little baby, and uh, especially grandkids, you know. Uh, There's just something special about that. Uh, Sir uh, Winston Churchill was asked by a a friend of his, he said, Sir Winston, he says, have I ever showed you a picture of my grandchildren? No, Sir Winston says, I don't think you did, and I thank you for not doing that. <laughs> but you know what? I love to see pictures of Grant, so that's not me. You know, I- I'll look at yours, and you can get on Facebook, and we can. But there's something about a little baby that could be very bad. And I hope you can see where I'm going with this. Let's say you have a little child, a little baby, and then six months from now, 
you're still holding this little baby. And then a year from now, you're still holding this little baby. And it hasn't grown. It hasn't changed. That would disturb us very much. You'd make national news, by the way, but I'm just saying it would be disturbing. And you know, in the spiritual realm, though, we talk about growth, and it doesn't alarm us. About becoming more holy, living for Christ. You probably would not be showing those pictures off to, uh, to other people because there would be something terribly wrong with a baby that's not growing. And there is something terribly wrong about a Christian who is not growing. Think about that in your own life. I, I, I had to do this in, in, in writing this and in, in thinking through this. You cannot overestimate the importance of growth in grace. For a healthy life, spiritual growth is absolutely necessary. And can you question real life where there is no growth? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And that's between you and God. Something that important. Again, I ask, are you better than you were four years ago? Many verses that speak of sanctification, 1 Corinthians, uh, that was the one uh, about, he cannot speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. Let us not remain infants. But he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Also, Acts 26, 17 through 18 uh, Jesus speaking to Paul, re rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been, what, sanctified by faith in me. And also... We have 1 Corinthians 1, 2, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. Saints are called saints with all who uh, in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, theirs and ours. So we see there's much in the scriptures concerning this word sanctification. And uh, every saint, every living Christian is being sanctified. Let me say that again. Every living Christian is being sanctified. Now again, the process can be fast or slow, but everyone is being sanctified. 1 Corinthians 6.11, Such were some of you. And he lists these, these terrible sins that uh, above this in verse 10 and so forth. But you were washed. But you were what? sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. And also in 1 Corinthians 5.23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved 
complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And also we see in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, For this is the will of God, your what? Your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. You see, there's a connection between our lives and sanctification. The purity of our lives. Sanctification is connected with sexual purity. Two meanings of uh, sanctification. Set apart for the service of God is one of them. We find that uh, in the temple where the uh, different furniture and the uh, vessels were set apart for God's uh, special use. And then the second one is being changed from within. Changed from within. A setting apart uh, of our thoughts, our concerns, our activities, and our will, and our heart, our interests, our desires, our affections are set apart. Are we setting our affections upon Christ? Are we setting our affections upon Christ? Or are we absorbed with the things of this world? I'm just asking the questions. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Pretty well stated there. Are our heart's desires set upon Christ? Remember, your citizenship is in heaven. We, we see in salvation, there's the act of regeneration or new birth, which begins the Christian life. Uh, in this, uh, uh, the Spirit of God comes in uh, to our life and plants a new seed, a new you, as somebody has said, and I like that. He plants a new you in you, uh, His Holy Spirit, and now that new you begins to grow. And as it grows, the old life diminishes. Still there. And of course, that is the old nature that's still there. A new nature that loves Christ and desires to please Him we have been given. And that old nature that is fighting you every inch of the way and loves the things of the world. So we find, don't we, this struggle in, in, in living the Christian life between the two. And I ask you again, are you doing this? Setting your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. What is most important to you in your life? I hope you desire a growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ. That you desire, and I would desire, to be more like Him, to please Him. And of course then there is the act of glorification one day when we will be perfectly sinless. But we find then salvation is all three acts and processes. Justification, sanctification, and glorification. And uh, all of this has been imputed uh, to us by the grace of God uh, in justification. And uh, I am now 
perfect in his sight. Let that really sink in. You're justified. You are declared righteous in his sight by faith. And that can never be taken away from you. But, and he places within you, uh, Christ, the hope of glory, is in me. Christ in me, Paul says, the hope of glory. Now, you have the ability and the power to live the Christian life. How do you live that? You live it by faith. We just saw uh, we're sanctified by faith. You're declared righteous by faith through justification. But how then do we live that Christian life? How do we walk out that Christian life? We do it by faith. You see, that's the key in sanctification. You grow by believing the gospel. Believing what is true about you. And living out of that faith. Christ in me, the hope of glory. We need to believe more. Someone said faith is the power cord and his spirit is electricity. And I like that. Remember that justification and sanctification are distinguished. Justification is instant. Sanctification is progressive. Justification is our standing, and sanctification means our state of growth and holiness and separation. Justification is coming to Christ. Sanctification is growth in holiness and following after Christ. Justification is God working for us, and sanctification is God working in us. Justification is the work of of the Son of God, and sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Justification is getting the sinner into heaven, and sanctification is getting heaven in the sinner. I like that. Let me say that again. Justification is getting the sinner into heaven, and sanctification is getting heaven into the sinner. Are you better, not better off, because if you're a believer this morning, uh, you can't be better off. You're declared righteous. You're perfect in God's sight. Not better off, but are you better? Are you more holy? Are you more like Christ? Let's ask ourselves that question. It's that important. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you this morning again for your word and we thank you, Father, that you never give up on us. Uh, Lord, you have justified us, but you've also placed within our hearts uh, your spirit who empowers us to live the, the Christian life. And Lord, our, our heart's desire is to please you, to serve you, uh, to live for you. And so, Lord, uh, help us by the power of the Holy Spirit as we yield uh, to your word in obedience, to your word as we See the truths that are there that please you in doing those things. God, we need your help. I need your help, O oh Lord, because I'm powerless to do this. But Lord, help me to see that it is by faith that I live the Christian life. That it is by faith and not by works. In Jesus' name, amen.